A woman in our church group has two children, adult-aged children, and a grandchild. And recently, her son, adult-aged son, I believe he's in his early 50s, visited his mother, I think by phone, and he asked her the most interesting question. He said, why are things like this happening so fast today? And what is all this leading up to? Now, this young man, I consider him young. This young man, as far as we know, is not born again, and yet he's thinking. He's seeing things happen in the world, and he's concerned. Why are these things happening and happening so fast? And what's all this leading up to? What's all this thing about all these killings that are going on in the United States? That gets our attention for sure. What's happening? What we are seeing in the world today is the approaching of the end time or the end time itself. There's a scripture in Revelation 12, 12, which says, Woe to the earth, because the devil who has been cast out into the earth knows his time is short and he will be even worse, exceedingly fierce. That's what we're seeing. We are seeing the approaching of the time when Jesus will return to gather the dead in Christ, to gather the elect of God who are still alive and take the elect off the earth and God will judge the world and the apostate churches. And that's why we're seeing perilous things. Paul said we'd see perilous things. Well, the elect of God and the dead in Christ will be taken into heaven in a new body. They won't have the bodies like we know today. They will have a new body, a spiritual body. You can read that in 1 Corinthians 15, start at verse 48. Because we won't have these bodies in heaven. And Paul tells us that it will happen so fast that the change will come so fast it will be like a twinkling of an eye. Blink your eye. That's how fast God will give us a new spiritual body, and we will not have these fleshly bodies which cause all this trouble today. At the end of this world, God will destroy this present heaven and earth with fire. God has prepared a new heaven and a new earth where we will be taken wherein dwelleth only righteousness. One time God said to me, no matter what you'll do, you'll never make this world righteous. It's the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness.
Let's look at two passages of scripture on that. First, we want to see what's going to happen to this present heaven and earth. Peter tells about that in 2 Peter chapter 3. Start at verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, Peter says, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? What should you be right now? How should you be living? How should I be living? Peter's going to tell us how to live. Verse 12, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. The key focal point for us is even with all of the strange things that are happening, Today on this earth, all of the situations like the Uvalde school situation where that young man went in and just killed all those children. We see that over and over and over where somebody goes in and just kills people. Walmart, we've seen it. We've seen it at several places. Last year, they had a large number of killings like that, where there doesn't seem to be a real reason this person just decides to kill people. Now, we have to live in peace even with the insanity that is going on in the world. How can we do that? It's very simple. Pray. Because Paul says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Settle it with God. Pray. And Paul said, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus the Word. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. So we have to live constantly in peace. As you go through the day, things happen to disturb you. Call on God. Call on God. For when you hear from God, 
you can live in peace. Even as crazy as the actions of some people are today. And live without spot and blameless. Live in peace. Peace is the real key. We will be taken to a new heaven and a new earth which is prepared for us by God. We read about that in Revelation 21 because God gave the Apostle John a vision of the new heaven and the new earth and John describes it for us in Revelation 21 so we will know what it is that we're going to be taken to. Revelation 21 verse 1 John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, physical pain. Why? Because we're not going to have physical bodies. We're going to have new spiritual bodies, which will be created as God, who is a spirit. So God says to us through John, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. There's even a passage of scripture in Isaiah which says we won't even remember the former things. This heaven, this earth, I don't personally think we'll even remember the people who aren't going to be in heaven or earth. We will not even remember the former things. That's in Isaiah. God will create all things new. So what's going on now, right now? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul explains the end time in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul says, This know also, that in the last days, which is what I think we're living in, 
perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Without natural affection, homosexual, lesbian, Romans 1, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce. Incontinent means they can't control themselves. And they will be fierce. Are we not seeing a fierceness in individuals who go out and do violence against other people without cause? They will be despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. You cannot live in peace among these people. Many of these people will be churchgoers, having a form of godliness, but they don't do the scriptures, denying the power of God. Denying the power of the scriptures. From such, turn away. We can't be around them. Because they will keep us upset all the time. And they put us at great risk. You think you'll save them. No, no, they'll destroy you. There's a passage of scripture in Titus which says... After the first or second admonition, reject them, knowing that they are subverted and condemned of themselves. Leave them alone. You'll say, but they're my children. I know this. You have to love the Word of God more than you love anyone or anything. If you love your church more than the Word of God, You'll be sitting there while they are teaching the opposite things to what God says. If you love your children more than the Word of God, I've seen people do this. I've had relatives who do this. I have one relative whose granddaughter just went around from place to place sleeping with different men. She was raised in a Baptist church. And yet that woman, the grandmother, would have the granddaughter over to her house and pet her flesh and make her feel good and make her feel approved while she was committing fornication. And I said, how can this be? Well, her friend said to me, well, it's her granddaughter. And I said, no, you don't cast the Bible away. Because it's your granddaughter, you do the Bible. And I've seen lots of people saved because I really did the Bible. I wouldn't let them into my house. There was a neighbor that I had in Lubbock when I lived in Lubbock, Texas. 
He's Jewish man, and his wife was married before and had a child by another man. They were having a wedding anniversary, and he came over to my house and said, I would like to rent your guest room for the weekend. And I said, what? Rent it? He said, yes, we are having an, a wedding anniversary, and we've got an overflow. We've just got too many people coming in, and I would like to be able to put my wife's daughter and her friend at your guest room. And I said, well, you can use my guest room, but I won't charge you for it. And he said, well, we just have too many people. And then it hit me. What is this wife's daughter and her friend? So I said, just one thing. What is this friend? What, what's going on here? And he says, well, my wife's daughter is a lesbian. And she's bringing her partner with her, and they would be staying here. And I said, oh, I can't have that. Now, if you want to put a married couple over here, that's fine. But I just can't have homosexuals and lesbians staying in my house. I just can't have it. He said, well, I don't approve of it either. I didn't see him after that. For about two years, I didn't see him. He lived right behind me. One day, I saw his wife, and I said, How's Bernard doing? She said, He died. I said, Bernard died? I was so shocked, and I said, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. She said, I want to come over and talk with you. So I said, Fine, anytime. She said, I'll be over to your house tonight. So I prepared refreshments for the occasion and turned my back porch light on so she could easily get in the back door, which was closer to her house. And I waited. Eight o'clock, she didn't come. Nine o'clock, she didn't come. Ten o'clock, she didn't come. By about 11 o'clock, I just thought, well, she's not going to show up. The next day I realized, God spared me. She wasn't coming over for a friendly visit. She was coming over because of this lesbian thing when I would not permit her daughter and the daughter's lover, lesbian lover, to stay in my guest room. God spared me. You don't go along with evil when you see it's evil from the standpoint of the Bible. You don't partake of it. You don't approve it. I don't hate these people. It's just that I can't go along with what they're doing concerning homosexuals and lesbians, God has taught me this. Always read the scripture when you talk about it. Romans chapter 1. Let's start at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish 
heart was darkened. Verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Verse 27. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Romans chapter 1. One day my cleaning lady said to me, what do you think about homosexuals? And I said, well, I can tell you what God says. So I took a Bible and read this scripture to her. That's what God says about it. That's what God thinks about it. I simply agree with God. She said, well, what about the ones on television that say they were just born that way? Well, I turned to God with that question, and he gave me an answer for the cleaning woman. Mark chapter 10, verse 6. Jesus says, But from the beginning, God created them male and female. But when they would not accept the knowledge of God, he turned them over to be homosexual and lesbian. But from the beginning, they were created male and female. I don't argue with them. I present the information to them when confronted with the situation. One woman directly asked me, do you support homosexuals and lesbians? And I said, I don't think so. And I, re I gave her the scripture in Romans 1. I don't hate that woman. If I see her out on the street, I would speak to her, but I'm not going to go to a barbecue with her. I'm not going to have her to my house for dinner unless she acknowledges the truth and repents and turns from the sin. Neither would I want drunkards and adulterers and fornicators at my house if I knew they were doing these things and they called themselves a Christian. Now this woman who is living as a lesbian right now, she attends a Catholic church. I assume she would call herself a Christian. I will not invite her to my house, but I don't hate her. I hope she can be saved by turning from her sin. I hope God will open her eyes to let her see that this is a sin so she 
can be saved. So I live in peace where she's concerned because I don't have any hatred toward her. I am simply agreeing with what God says in the Bible, and that's what we are supposed to do and correct ourselves and keep our own lives straight by the Bible. One time my cousin and her husband and her two adult-age sons came to my house for dinner. And they began talking about Alan's girlfriend. And they went on to tell me that he's met this woman that he's quite interested in. And she's a divorced woman and she has one child. And I said, according to the Bible, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Matthew 5, 32. Well, they didn't speak of her anymore. I didn't know they were already having sex, but I found out later. In some way, ways, I'm very naive because I live by what I see in the Bible. And I try to correct myself by the Bible and structure my thinking by the Bible. And I expect other people to do that, especially if they attend the church. And I want to tell you in Matthew 24 that Jesus said, if the days are not shortened at the end time, if the days are not shortened, there will be no flesh saved. It will get so bad, none of us will be saved. But he says, for the elect's sake, the days will be shortened. So please don't think that I consider that I have it made. I don't. Many times I sit in fear and trembling, praying to God, help me. But I'm not going to live opposite to what I see in the Bible. For the Word of God is the most important thing in my life. Not just for myself, but for all people, for the other people too. And I'm continually, often sharing the Word of God with even strangers. Returning to what we are seeing today, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. 2 Timothy 3 For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient, to parents unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, homosexual lesbians, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God having a form of godliness, 
but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. You just walk away from them. Leave them alone after you've delivered the message. Verse 7 says they're ever learning. They go to church. They have all the scriptures. But they never are able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They don't do the word of God. They hear the word of God, but they don't do the word of God. And in verse 13, now listen to this carefully. Paul says in the last days, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. They're not going to get better. It's going to get worse toward the end, much worse, so bad that not even the elect would be saved except the time be shortened, which it will be. That's very bad. This will be the period of the Great Tribulation. Paul tells us, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. It's God who has taught us these spiritual things. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture shows us how to live. The New Testament Bible shows us the doctrines of Christ and how to live. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. You must keep this section of Scripture in front of you at this period of time because it tells us how bad people will be in the end times. So we won't be so shocked. And it tells us how to live as Christians. Luke 17, Jesus says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Genesis chapter 6, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created 
from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. And God made a way of escape for Noah and all his household. Now, in Sodom, God sent two angels to rescue Lot, who was Abraham's nephew. The entire city of Sodom was eaten up with homosexuals. In every quarter of the city, homosexual men came out to have sex with those two angels who came to Lot's house. Angels just look like natural men. They don't have wings. So they gathered outside Lot's house. Genesis chapter 19. Let's start at verse 4. Before they lay down, before the angels and Lot lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about, both old and young, all people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in unto thee this night? Bring them out to us so that we may know them, have sex with them. And Lot went out the door unto them and said, shut the door and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Lot knew it was wicked. He knew homosexual acts were against God. Lot even offered them his two unmarried daughters, which they didn't want. They wanted those two men who were angels to have sex with them. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow, meaning Lot, came in to sojourn, and he will needs judge us? Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. They were going to deal worse with Lot than the other two men who were visiting Lot. But the angels who have great power put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And the angels smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Angels have great power of God. And the men, the angels, said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. Now remember, Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so will it be at the end time, as in the days of Lot, 
so will it be at the end time. God has the angels of destruction, and he will destroy the world, and he will destroy the apostate churches that have cast aside Scripture and do not follow the Scriptures. If you read at Genesis chapter 13, beginning at verse 12, Abram, Abraham, dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Sodom was beautiful, desirable. Verse 13, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Men from every quarter of the city of Sodom were doing homosexual acts and they came out to have sex with the two angels, not knowing they were angels. It was wicked before the Lord exceedingly. Adulterers, adulteresses, fornicators, homosexuals, they're all sinning against God right now by the acts that they do. We see it on television, how they approve same-sex marriage, how they approve all these things, and yet we have to live in peace as we wait for Jesus. How do we live in peace with all this awful stuff we're seeing? We turn to God in prayer, and we pray things like this. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. I've seen this evil, and I've been affected by it, and my heart is affected by it, and it hurts me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And God will do that. So we live in peace in spite of all these awful things that we see going on against God, against the Bible, in the world, and even in the churches. Second Peter chapter 3 Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for all these things, the destruction of the heaven and the earth, the coming of Jesus, the judging of the world and the apostate church, And all of the evil that we see going on today, be diligent that ye may be found of him, of Jesus, when he returns in peace. We don't know what day Jesus returns. If he returned today, are you in peace? Or are you troubled about somebody? See, you're not ready. Unless you're living in peace, you're not ready. And you live in peace by connecting with God and settling the matter with God, and letting him create in you a clean heart and a right spirit. So be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. 1 Peter chapter 5. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. When you pray to God and ask for help, 
you humble yourself. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Live connected to God through prayer. Live continually by doing Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. So your child is committing fornication, and you know it. What do you do? In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Talk to God about it. Let your requests be made known unto God about that child. But I wouldn't have him come in my house. You say, but it's my child. Do you love the child more than the Word of God? I wouldn't. I love the Word of God. And because of that, God honors that love of the Word of God. People are always getting saved around me. And I'm not an evangelist. I'm an apostle prophet. But I love the Word of God. And the greatest problem is some people just don't love the Word of God. They love the pleasures of this world. They love their own children. They love their church more than the Word of God. And they sit there where they're doing things contrary to the Word of God. Because they love their church, their pastors, their buildings, their stained glass more than they love the Word of God. Well, that's just exactly what the apostate church is. Paul says in the last days, Jesus can't even come to the earth unless there be a falling away first. This has to happen before Jesus comes to the earth. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who exalt himself in the church above God, showing himself he is God. In 1982, God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scripture. That's the apostate church. They love things of this world and doctrines and pleasing men more than they love the Word of God. So they fall away from Scripture, portions of Scripture, to please men, to approve each other. How much do you love God? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 through 12, Paul tells us that when Jesus returns, he will destroy those people who do not love the Word of God. He will bring them a strong delusion so they can believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, 
but have pleasure in unrighteousness. You must love the Word of God more than anyone or anything. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today.